Some call it insight, others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything, what will help you succeed today and tomorrow. Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. I think the past 48 hours have been the most problematic, most damning 48 hours of the Trump presidency. Now, of course, from those of us who are on the receiving end of his ire, I'm not saying that the past 48 hours are worse than the Muslim ban. I'm not saying that they're worse than Charlottesville. I'm not saying that they're worse than that. I'm saying that the past 48 hours are probably the 48 worst hours of his presidency for him. Today I'm going to unpack and explain explosive bombshell testimony from yesterday and today, how I think it's going to make a quick path toward impeachment. And my best guess is that Trump will be impeached in the House before Christmas. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the Breakdown. The Breakdown. Yesterday in the House, a man named Gordon Sondland was scheduled to testify. He had to be compelled to be there. He had testified behind closed doors once and then issued an amendment of his previous testimony for his second instance of testifying and was again compelled to be there before the House. And unlike, I think, 10 other people from the Trump administration that have now outright refused to testify in willful defiance of a legal lawful order, Gordon Sondland decided to go ahead and testify. And the expectations of his testimony were pretty low, if for no other reason than he is a huge fan of Donald Trump. He gave over a million dollars to Trump's inauguration, which is crazy. (laughs) And he got something in return. And this is not something limited to Republicans. Democrats have done this as well. It's slimy. It should be banned. But he was immediately granted the United States ambassador to the European Union. And after being granted that ambassadorship, something that he had no experience with, international diplomacy is not his background. He owns a a small hotel chain in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. But he knew what he was doing. And he knew that with Trump, as with most presidents, that money talks. And Gordon Sondland fan and friend and supporter and backer of Donald Trump was not expected to give the bombshell testimony that he gave yesterday. And right out of the gate from his opening statement until he was finished nearly 10 hours later, Gordon Sondland spilled the beans. (laughs) He said it all, named it all, named every person that was involved with every problematic thing And clearly, and I I heard several experts testify about his attorneys, clearly Gordon Sondland was told by his attorneys, given good advice, I believe, to go ahead and be completely honest and forthright after two instances of not doing so, mind you. 
He was clearly advised to go there and tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so he did. And I want to play just a clip of his opening statement. This is Gordon Sondland, the Trump appointee, the current Trump appointee. He's not former. Uh, he's not what Donald Trump would frequently call a never Trumper. He is a Trumper. He is for Trump in the Trump administration, a donor to Trump, a voter for Trump, a Trump appointee. In his opening statement, he gave what may be the two most damning minutes of any statement so far in the impeachment hearing. Let me play it for you, and I'll come back and break it down. I know that members of this committee frequently frame these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Mr. Giuliani conveyed to Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volcker, and others that President Trump wanted a public statement from President Zelensky committing to investigations of Burisma and the 2016 election. Mr. Giuliani expressed those requests directly to the Ukrainians, and Mr. Giuliani also expressed those requests directly to us. We all understood that these prerequisites for the White House call and the right White House meeting reflected President Trump's desires and requirements. Break it down. You may recall multiple Republicans, most notable Lindsey Graham, who, after saying that Donald Trump <laughs> during the campaign, uh, his campaign against Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, Lindsey Graham kept it real and honest and said that Donald Trump was an existential threat to the United States, a danger to our national security, that he was a bigot, a homophobe, a xenophobe, and did not deserve to be in the Oval Office, but has since made himself Trump's best friend and frequent defender. Lindsey Graham said on the record that if there was any evidence of what we call a quid pro quo, that Donald Trump should probably be impeached or should be in hot water. Here, Ambassador Sondland clearly undeniably, literally using the words quid pro quo, said that just as much existed. It's the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, break it down now. This next clip is more testimony from Ambassador Gordon Sondland, U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, and he is being questioned by Daniel Goldman, who I was talked about yesterday, is the Democratic Council. He is the attorney there for uh, the, the Democrats in the House. Brilliant, highly skilled, whip-smart guy. And he asked Gordon Sondland a question about the investigations. And I want to break this down. The Trump administration was offering what I thought was for them. I, I don't believe it, but I thought it was a smart legal defense. They were saying, hey, I, OK, I know it's preposterous, but just follow, just go with me for a second. They were saying, hey, when Donald Trump was calling for investigations into the Biden family in Ukraine, uh, it was just a part of Donald Trump's deep desire to root out corruption. And he just wanted to make sure that he wasn't giving money to anybody or to a nation that had corruption. And it's bogus, I know, but what they're trying to do is muddy the water to say, hey, the president of the United States 
has the ability and his right to call out corruption and, and his right to want it investigated. But here we learn something. I think is I think it was the the hidden gem, one of the most underrated moments of the day yesterday, where Gordon Sondland says, actually, Donald Trump didn't really care. Rudy Giuliani really didn't care if they actually investigated Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or a Burisma, the company that Hunter Biden was working for. They didn't actually want it to be investigated. They just wanted there to be a damaging public announcement that there would be an investigation. They weren't interested in the corruption. Of course they weren't. It's Donald Trump, potentially the most corrupt president in all of American history. I want to play this short clip. It's just a minute long from Gordon Sondland where he breaks that down that, no, Trump wasn't actually interested in corruption. Here we go. Well, they would have to announce that they were going to do it. Right, because Giuliani and President Trump didn't actually care if they did them, right? I never heard, Mr. Goldman, uh, anyone say that the investigations had to start or had to be completed. The only thing I heard from Mr. Giuliani or otherwise was that they had to be announced in some form, and that form kept changing. Announced publicly? Announced publicly. And you, of course, recognize that there would be political benefits to a public announcement as opposed to a private confirmation, right? Well, the way it was expressed to me was that the Ukrainians had a long history of committing to things privately and then never following through. So President Trump presumably, again, communicated through Mr. Giuliani, wanted the Ukrainians on record publicly that they were going to do these investigations. That's the reason that was given to me. But you never heard anyone say that they really wanted them to do the investigations, just that hear, they wanted to announce. I didn't hear either way. I didn't hear either way. Break it down. I want to play one final clip for you. This is from David Holmes, another part of the ambassador corps that was working for Donald Trump. This is a guy who had been in the State Department for a very long time. Here, David Holmes also makes clear that it is a quid pro quo. Now, we're dealing with I've lost count, but I think we may be up to nine different Trump staffers who have all said there is a quid pro quo. Here, David Holmes makes it clear. He says, quote, it was made clear that a Burisma Biden investigation was a precondition for an Oval Office visit. I'm going to play the clip and then I'll break it down. Okay, here's the clip. Within a week or two, it became apparent that the energy sector reforms, the commercial deals, and the anti-corruption efforts on which we were making progress were not making a dent in terms of persuading the White House to schedule a meeting between the presidents. On June 27th, Ambassador Sondland told Ambassador Taylor in a phone conversation, the gist of which Ambassador Taylor shared with me at the time, that President Zelensky needed to make clear to President Trump that President Zelensky was not standing in the way of, quote, investigations. I understood that that this meant the Biden-Burisma investigations that Mr. Giuliani and his associates had been speaking about in the media since March. While Ambassador Taylor uh, did not brief me on every detail of his communications with the three amigos, he did tell me uh, that on a June 28th call with President Zelensky, Ambassador Taylor and the three amigos, it was made clear but some action on Burisma Biden investigation was a precondition for an Oval Office visit. Break it down. So what we have here is clear 
testimony under the threat of perjury and the penalty of perjury and, and the time that you could do therein. Mind you, multiple uh, Trump appointees and Trump friends are currently in prison as we speak for perjury and lying under oath. Here we have David Holmes say, yes, absolutely. It was made clear to me that this is a little different, not that the foreign aid would not be released, but that Donald Trump was not even going to allow the president of Ukraine was not even going to allow him to visit the Oval Office until he literally got on the microphone and said that he was investigating the Bidens. All of that, again, is clear evidence of this quid pro quo, which is not only corrupt, it is it is undeniably impeachable. And to for someone to be impeached, you have to have official acts. And anytime anything, any of these decisions are made uh, by an American president or by an appointee, each decision is an official act. And so we not only have what in essence is, is bribery, but corruption at the highest level. And the Democrats just chose this one narrow strand of the Trump presidency. They could have cast an enormously wide net and dealt with every single issue of the Trump presidency, but they just found in this one little area, just dealing with holding back of the foreign aid, of trying to basically blackmail a foreign government into announcing a fake uh, investigation into a political rival that we see Trump has abused his powers. And my best sincere guess is that these impeachment hearings will wind down in a few days and that sometime after the holiday that we call Thanksgiving, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, that Donald Trump will be impeached by the House. Everybody, I've got to run. I have a meeting to rush off to, but thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Breakdown. Thank you so much for subscribing. We now have nearly 100,000 subscribers to this podcast. And if you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast app you love to use. Please, please, please leave your best review. I, I don't say this often, but I love to go there and read the reviews. Anytime I'm discouraged, I see the podcast as having an impact on you and how you see the world. If you haven't left a great review yet, please go there and leave one now on Apple Podcasts or on any other podcast platform. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star who even make this podcast possible. And of course, thank you so much to our associate producer, Lissandra, our senior producer and podcast director, Willis, for their assistance on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil. Simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com.